Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to Three Terrible Gamers. This is episode 47, no, 48, 48, and I'm here with Colin. Hey, guys. All right, so we have, of course, new week, new topic, so let's just get into it like always. The new Xbox dashboard has released. Uh, Yeah, which, I mean... If you already have an Xbox and you play actively, this is probably old news to you. But to everybody else that don't play Xbox regularly or don't have an Xbox, this is a new update that happened four days ago. Uh, if you have an Xbox, but if you... Oh, well, hold on. I'll just pretty much just repeat what I was going to say because I misread it. Uh, a new home experience is rolling out to all Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles. This update is designed for players' feedback, designed from player feedback, and makes it easier to discover new games, rediscover games you had already fell in love with, connect with communities, and create more personalized experience. So it seems like Xbox is trying to revamp since they pretty much had the same system. I mean, technically, I mean, there wasn't that much difference from Xbox One to Xbox 360, but there was a slight difference, but it wasn't like a drastic, drastic difference. Uh So it's the first real overhaul since the 360. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just given, you know, a new polish to what was before because from the xbox to the xbox 360 there was a huge difference in between settings and everything else and now it's getting to where it's been basically three generations with no change like i said there's a slight change you know it's like graphical thing but as far as like games and everything else you could see everything from the 360 setup onto the xbox one it was a little bit more updated a little bit more high tech but other than that it was still the same basic concept right right and personally i i like the 360 setup better but uh anyway so it says, uh, in recent months, Microsoft has been fielding feedback from Xbox users via its Insiders program, which they've had forever since they started the backward compatible thing a long time ago when the Xbox One first came out. But uh, it says to learn more about what players want when it comes to improved home screen. Now, those improvements are finally set to arrive and should lead the best Xbox user experience so far. And it says detailed in a new post on the Xbox website, Microsoft. Microsoft broke down all of the changes that had been seen with this forthcoming update to Xbox Home. For the most part, Microsoft explained that it wanted to make things easier for users to access their game library, Xbox Game Pass, and the Microsoft Store, all from a single screen. In addition to this, backgrounds have also been given more space so that Xbox users can customize their own dashboard a bit more to their liking. 
As a whole, this setup should allow much more ease of access to key apps while also boasting a bit more breathing room. This new Xbox dashboard update will begin coming to Xbox One, Series X, and S consoles on the 26th, which was four days ago, time of recording, for some users. Not everybody will get it all, you know, day one or even day two. So it's, some, it's just going to be adding from random. It's just going to be random. It's, put it like that it's going to be random users and actually i fired up well actually rylan he's staying with me and what's up rylan hey see you in chat uh but he's here with me and um he fired up the dinosaur and it's already got the new update so it is just random if the dinosaur has it i'm sure there's a ton of others that have it but um yeah so it's just random right now and then in the next couple of weeks everybody will get it but just right now it's kind of a i guess a beta state so to say Okay, I didn't see that on my end, obviously. But yeah, that's definitely good that they're not just releasing it all at once, if that is the case. Yeah. And like it said, like, I'm sure you're, I mean, you have an Xbox still, so you use it some. But the game you're playing is the biggest square. So basically the biggest update is it's all the same size squares. And like it said, have Game Pass, you can reach it from the home screen and the Microsoft Microsoft Store, and people were wanting to where you could see their customized backgrounds or even moving backgrounds better, so they made everything kind of smaller to see that. That's the biggest. I mean, it still looks generally the same, to be honest, but, yeah, I mean, it's a little different. It's it's a nice setup. It looks clean, but not a dramatic, dramatic difference, really. If they're making all those squares the same size, it seems like it's going to be more of an accessibility thing in favor of that too yeah see sony do it here next soon that way they can stay ahead with xbox like the controllers <laughs> <laughs> they just try to be like microsoft you know can't do anything for themselves uh, they've been around longer and they're still trying to take off from other people yeah <laughs> but like i said I mean, it's it's nice. It's a nice improvement. You know, it's been the same menu pretty much. They've updated it once since the Xbox One came out. And this is how it's been for several, several years. And they finally updated it again. But like I said, personally, I like 360 setup better. It had different pages you could just easily get to with LB or RB. Scroll through them, different ones. See your avatar and a bunch of different stuff. I like, I thought it was a better setup, but. I understand they wanted to do something different when the Xbox One came out. Yeah. All right. Moving on, we have the PS Plus games for August already. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a PGA Tour 2K23, which is obviously a golf game, for per what PlayStation has listed on their website is it says take your skills to the PGA Tour and become the next FedEx Cup champion. As you complete compete against tour pros and establish new rivalries for the first time, play as a male and female pros included, mm -hmm. which I kind of figured they would do since you could kind of almost take out route in 2K basketball now. Yeah. Since they start introducing the WNBA. But uh, Tiger Woods is online and local play. Level up your my player, so there's a my player setting on 2K. Not surprising. 
and new skills and archetypes, which don't really know what type of archetypes there can be for golfers. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I'm not a golfer. Don't get me wrong. I seems like there's only wrong, so much you can do. Yeah. Like, it seems like a pretty straightforward sport. Like, I mean, I'd probably go out there and absolutely suck at it. I mean, obviously people are better time. than others, but really there's only so much. I mean, I don't want to downgrade all you golfers out there, but there's only so much skill you can have with a golf club. I mean, to, in my head, because I'm used to playing basketball and football where it takes actual skill skills, but, you know. I mean, that came I mean out. I'm not saying a skillful sport because at that point it'd be like, I mean, I want to compare it kind of to baseball. I mean, it's you have to have skill to hit that ball a certain way to where you want it to go. Hand-eye coordination. So, but Yeah, but that's a basic thing once you got it it seems like you got it it's just how strong you are to drive it and everything else like to me a good archetype on that game would probably be a lone drive and a great putter yeah type of situation get the ball to the thing pretty much in a couple hits and then be able to put it in with ease so i mean that's one archetype i could see unless you got like a billy madison type of situation or not, not Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore type of situation where you just get like a guy can just drive it, but he can't putt. And that right. seems like that's what much that game's going to go down to is you, you've got people that can either drive it super far and then can't hit putts, or you've got somebody that can drive it super far and do like a two-way type of situation and do it that way. But I think I've stuck on 2K way too much right now. But the next games is uh, it's called Dreams. Dreams is an extraordinary, ever-expanding game universe from the award-winning media molecule creators of Little Big Planet and Tearaway, where you can discover community-made games from around the world and learn to make your own. The latest evolution of the studio's play, create, share, maximum dreams gives you the opportunity to unleash your creativity, bring your ideas to life with innovative easy to use tools then share them with global community uh whether you want to create games music painting animation sculptures music or anything in between dreams is an extraordinary digital playground where anything is possible and that's mm -hmm. not all as part of dreams coming to playstation plus media molecules latest games Trin will be available to play in Dreams. Trin is a nostalgic adventure that puts you in a driving seat of a remarkable toy train and tells a personal tale about growing up and a transformation power of play. So this game kind of seems like a weird take on like Mario Maker, but with other games or like how uh, back in the day, like the computer based, I can't remember what website it was on, but like where you can make like make your own Ben 10 levels. Oh yeah. On different games. It kind of seems like a weird compilation of different games that you can combine and do that, which like I said, at this point it's pretty much kind of like a Mario maker situation, but obviously with different characters and different games, opposed to just one character and one specific group of games. Right. And then the last one is called uh death's door. Experience a somber yet darkly comedic tale utilizing melee weapons, arrows, and magic to overcome a fantastic array of beasts and demigods in, the, in this isometric action adventure 
Gain an edge by customizing your character's stats, mastering abilities, and upgrading you to obtain and explore a land full of twisted inhabitants and countless secrets. Bringing hope to weird and wonderful characters you'll meet along the way. So this kind of seems like a different, darker take on like World of Warcraft and a game of surrounding around that type of style of play. Yeah. Okay. Relatively, I mean, pretty much the dreams and death door seems pretty entertaining. I mean, if you're a golfer, then yeah, 2K23 golf is probably going to sound good to you. But to somebody that don't necessarily enjoy golf or playing golf, uh, this is, like I said, death door and dreams would be for me. But, you know, don't have a PlayStation, so that's not going to play either of those two games anyways. <laughs> me, personally, I would uh, I'd stick with... We sports golf, but um, I liked I liked we sports golf. I liked it pretty well, but uh, yes. Like, I mean, one that I wasn't even really a fan of, like the Mario golf's either. No, I'd rather play Wii sports golf too than the Mario golf's. The Mario baseball, it was fun. Yeah, but like you said, uh, the confirmed PS Plus August 2023 games are PGA Tour 2K23 for the PS5 and PS4, Death Store PS5 and PS4, Dreams for the P- just the PS4, and then uh, I got Sea of Stars for PS5 and PS4, which launches August 29th. That game specifically. Yeah, I didn't see that. And then uh, it says these were officially confirmed by PlayStation and will be available from Tuesday, August 1st, except for... Sea of Stars, which will be available August 29th. So, those are the PS Plus games for August. Go claim them day after tomorrow at the time of recording. And the day this releases, it should be that day. So, whenever you're listening to this, go pick it up, unless you're listening to us live. Alright, so moving on to the Xbox Financials for Quarter 4. Uh... Yeah, uh, they done. They're just doing better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xbox financials for quarter four. Microsoft has reported relatively strong fourth quarter and full year FY twenty three sales for its Xbox division. For the fourth quarter ended on June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. The company said gaming revenue increased thirty six million or one percent, comparing to the corresponding period of the previous financial year. So I mean. One percent may not seem like that big of a decimal, but when one third one percent is thirty six million dollars, yeah, that's, that's a big a difference. Big difference. Yeah. Still. Yeah, that's that's definitely for sure. So yeah, uh, like you said, Microsoft reported the one percent increase in its total gaming revenue was lower than expected. So obviously they were expecting more, but I mean, as this goes on to say, the CU sat you. Nadella attributing to the weakness in first party and third party content performance. So basically lacking games released is what obviously lower than expected still increased those. So I'd take an increase. And it said uh, Xbox content and services revenued far better, growing by 5% thanks to third party content, third party content sales and Xbox Game Pass. Microsoft reported that this was a record quarter four in terms of monthly active users for Xbox, as well as a record quarter four for Game Pass, where hours played rose by 22%, which is pretty good for uh, 
you know, just more and more players obviously are going to go to Game Pass. The more games they add, the more people are going to be interested. And then it goes on to oh, say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes on to say, however, Xbox console sales enjoyed less success with hardware revenue falling by 13% year on year during the three month period. Looking forward, Nadella expects gaming revenue growth mid single digits to mid to high single digit growth for content and services. The more personal computing segment was actually the lowest revenue generator for Microsoft outperformed by productivity and business processes. So this is just you know, computers and stuff. It's not Xbox. But anyway, it's $18.3 billion, up 10% year on year and Intelligent Cloud $24 billion, up 15%. But anyway, so going, on, going back to the hardware falling by 13%, that goes back to the lack of first and third party games released. I mean, there's if there's no games coming out, nobody's going to be really buying the consoles. So I'll look for later this year, and when Starfield comes out, they'll start moving consoles again pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Especially if they come out with, like, a special one, like a special console for yeah. that game. Yeah. Unless uh, Starfield turns out to be, like, Redfall, and it's a buggy, awful mess, but I don't think it will be because that's their highly anticipated game for this year. So I'd say it's going to be pretty good. I'll make sure nothing's messed up before this one comes out. Right. And if none of you have heard of Starfield, which we've talked about on here before, it's basically kind of like a, a No Man's Sky. You can go in space and do a bunch of different things. It looks pretty cool. You know, if I have Game Pass still, which I probably will when it comes out, I'll probably play it day one because it is releasing on Game Pass day one. So any of you that want to play it. We are very pleased to announce our super new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance Wars and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly, and the meta is always evolving along with campaigns, blitz, and arena. There's also Alliance War, a massive weekly alliance battle, raids, and cosmic crucible, where you go head-to-head -head against other players in a tournament. Marvel Strike Force are enjoying their six-year anniversary. You know what that means. Free stuff, just for signing up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We have received a unique promo code for every new user. Please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring today's episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, PS5 sells over 40 million systems. 
Uh, yeah, they basically said if it wasn't for the stock issues, they would have had it sooner, which obviously that's their fault that they didn't have the stock up. So they really have themselves to blame on that, which, I mean, I don't doubt it would have sold quicker. I mean, I think, you know, 40 million right now is relatively quick, but at the same time, I think they would have hit it a little bit sooner. Like they said, if it wasn't stock issues, because for the longest time you couldn't see them anywhere. Right. So it was pretty much first come first serve. And then they just run out of whatever the, their little chippies that they was worried about not having that. Uh, but at the same time, if I want to continue to rake them on this one, but if you knew a console was going to, sell the way it was you should have been better prepped in the situation yeah. i mean well, again, they had themselves to blame. not really congratulating them on hitting 40 million but at the same time you know it's good that they did hit 40 million as a company but they should have hit it sooner but they had themselves to blame okay you know i mean like you said they should have just backstocked the chips and then they could have made systems or just keep the systems in house until they get in a bunch of them to sell but you know of course being a company they're going to get them out the door as fast as they can no matter if the you know obviously the demand is going to be higher than the supply when your chip have a chip shortage so they wasn't worried about that they were just worried about making that money sooner than later But, like you said, the company confirms it has sold over 40 million PS5 consoles since the system's debut in November 2020. That's roughly 8 million units sold since the start of the year. That's unsurprisingly doesn't stop, doesn't top last year's holiday sales when Sony moved 7.1 million PS5s in one quarter. However, the company says inventory is finally well stocked and keeping up with demand. So... Like you said, now you can just go into almost any Walmart or Target or whatever and see one on the shelf. While when they first came out, you couldn't even buy them online because they were so out of stock. But it yeah. goes back to everybody going, well, we've talked about before the chip shortage. And we made fun of McDonald's saying that they were going to blame it on their ice cream machine down because of the chip shortage. But um, it's just every company, every company whether they even use chips or not they blame it on chip shortage for not having their you know their product out the door or yeah ducks in a row so i mean it is what it is they're, they're going to blame it on the pandemic and you know being unprepared because of the pandemic and it putting them behind and everything but i mean really i mean that was three years ago they should be past it by now and i mean like i said it's good to see Sony, I mean, like, like I said, I'm not congratulating Sony because you really expect it from them to do it this fast. But it is impressive to see it happen this fast um, for a system that was hard to find. So, like I said, congratulations, Sony, but screw Sony. As you guys know, we're not big Sony fans, just of how they treat the players and have treated, you know, everybody, other companies in the past. They're a very... And uh, presently. Yeah, and presently. They're just not very... They're they're not a team company. Let's just put it that way. They care about themselves and that's it. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, we should definitely get through all the topics today, so uh, we'll move on. Pikmin for sales. Uh, well, uh, for a Pikmin game, it done absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, sold more than all the others. All the first three Pikmin have in their whole entire lifetime as a game combined. According to the Japanese media outlet Famous Two, the uh, VGC don't know what the acronym is, but Pikmin Four managed to sell a outstanding uh, four hundred and one thousand eight hundred and fifty three units in the first week, greatly surpassing the three previous games in the franchise, which sold one hundred one thousand two hundred ninety nine copies for Pikmin 1, uh, 161,903 for Pikmin 2, and the lowest of them all, which was Pikmin 3, which I'm surprised they didn't decide not to just stop making Pikmin after yeah. Pikmin 3, 92,720 copies. So yet again, Pikmin 4 managed to outsell the previous three games easily by just itself alone which is not really a shocker in itself because the first two were they started out on gamecube and went to the wii and then the third one i believe was on the wii u which yeah. explains why it sold so because the wii u didn't have that many you know consoles to sell in the first place right and then the fact that there is so many switches it would have a higher amount but the numbers still show that it is not a very well sold nintendo game yeah, it's As definitely not like a, it. definitely not a Zelda or a Mario or even a Metroid at that point. But uh, they would definitely go if they were out on Pikmin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't really don't know why they keep making them. I guess I mean people do love them, yeah, but there's just not that the fan base isn't that big, like you said. So I mean, people would rather see like an an F Zero come out, like with Captain Falcon making his return because he hasn't had a game since the GameCube and that actually sold decent on the GameCube and people have been wanting it for a while, but they continue to make Pikmin instead. But uh, yeah, like you said, uh, Pikmin four has become a huge hit since it's a lot launch selling more units in the first week than it's three predecessors did together during their debut. When compared to the previous title, Pikmin yeah, the previous title, Pikmin 4, changed a lot, offering character customization, new Pikmin to collect, fewer restrictions, and more in-depth night exploration. For instance, this makes an excellent entry point for gamers who don't know the franchise very well. Part of why Pikmin 4 was so successful was due to Nintendo's aggressive marketing campaign in Japan. Not only did Nintendo bring Pikmin 1 and 2 to Switch before the launch to build up hype, it also advertised the game essentially everywhere including non-gaming-related places such as convenience stores. Also, some hardcore fans have used their own money to pay for Pikmin 4 ads over Times Square, which could have increased the general awareness about the game, although it's difficult to say for sure. Um, so, I've seen Nintendo advertise games for in non-gaming environments, like just like gas, like random gas stations will have ads on their windows for different games on the Switch. Yeah. So it's just, and it's kind of weird, but I mean, that's a good way to bring awareness, you know, I guess. 
And uh, I guess Pikmin yeah, really needs as many ads as it could get to get awareness. Yeah, because they definitely kind of pulled off the whole entire Zelda way of doing it, like building up the hype. Like with silence. Done that. <laughs> so nothing, right. basically. Yeah, they had to get this out early and get it out everywhere. While with Zelda, I mean, they waited till basically a week and then it's like, oh, here's near the final trailer or whatever. And then, yeah. Yeah. And Pikmin, they've been building up for pretty much the past year on and off. Yeah. And like it said in that article, they released one and two. They announced it in the last Nintendo Direct and just dropped it that day digitally. So, and then yeah. Pikmin 3 Deluxe, it was a remake of the Wii U, was released on Switch a couple of years ago. So, you got all four Pikmins on the Switch now. Yep. Which is good for Pikmin fans. Yep. All right. Yeah, we still got time for this. Uh, Pikmin 4 rating, since we're on Pikmin 4. I mean, the ratings is, I mean, relatively good. I mean, for something that don't really sell that well, so I'm surprised that more people don't buy it in that retrospect. Right. But, like, sleep with Miyamoto and the whole entire death thing involved with it i mean yet again we we stated our opinions last week if you haven't watched that episode go back and watch it yeah. but or listen to whichever one you do but uh the ratings is 9 out of 10 on ign 4.5 out of 5 on pc mag 88 on open critic and 88 on metacritic uh with the I always do my deep dives on the other games so it falls like that falls right in line with the other games as well uh pikmin one was an 89 two was a 90 and three was an 87 so it's right there in the middle of the pack not as bad as pikmin three but not as good as the first two yeah i didn't see one for nintendo life which i'm sure they would have rated it a five out of five because <laughs> it's the first party nintendo title exactly I did see a YouTube video. I didn't watch it, but I seen like just even the thumbnails. Like they, you could tell they were really excited about the game. So I'm sure it's very, it's rated very high by them. <laughs> yeah, um, Colin always does his other places, and I'd usually just do the deep dive in the math score. So get you get you guys get reference from other places that way. Um, like he said though on. Metacritic, it's an 88 with 83 positive, two mixed, and zero negative. And that's with 85 critic reviews. And then the user score is a 9.2, which is very good, actually. It's more than I thought it was going to be with uh, users playing it. So, like Colin said, an 88, that's about, that falls about average for a Pikmin. Yeah, so all of them is around that. Um, but 9.2, that's uh, I was, that really surprised me. Like I said, I didn't expect it to be that high. Yeah, no, I mean, but at the same time, it is running the mill right there, averaged out. So at yeah. the same time, I would expect it that high. Like, that is my expectations for games that have previous things. It's not like Final Fantasy where they have a hundred of them yeah. and then some hit or miss. It's literally just four of them so they should all be close to the same yeah all right well we got time for this one more the nintendo switch online games for july they were just announced a couple days ago 
Uh, well, I only seen two of them, which yeah. it's probably the two most important ones you can see. Yeah. Uh, but there's for July, it's the my little guest host right there coming and screaming. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the Switch games for July, which will probably sell more copies or get more viewers than the Pikmin series, is going to be Oracle Ages and Oracle Seasons, yeah. which are two Zelda games. Which I believe that we've talked about a couple times on here, and Ages I believe is the one that is more strategy based, and Seasons is the one that is more combat based. Yeah, yeah. I believe Action has emulated in both. That's yep. what I've seen gameplay wise of them. Yeah, so I have them both on my Odin. I actually beat. All right, so I started Ages on. I have the cartridge, so I started it on the cartridge on my Game Boy Color. Then I started playing it on my Game Boy Player on my GameCube with the cartridge, and then I extracted my save from the cartridge to my Odin, and I beat it on my Odin. So, um, but it's a good game. Ages, Seasons, I haven't played it. I have started it. I mean, I haven't beat it, but I have started it. But uh, Ages is a really good game for any of you that have not played it, and now you can play it Nintendo Switch Online if you have Nintendo Switch Online, obviously. But, uh, yeah, good game. Definitely worth playing, and hopefully sometime in the future they'll get the same treatment remake style as Link's Awakening. Yeah, so they were top down as well, weren't they? Yep, all on the Game Boy. Well, uh, Link's Awakening released on the Game Boy original Game Boy, and then they remade it for the Game Boy Color. But and then Ages and Seasons were Game Boy Color, so they should all get the same treatment. They're basically the same graphical style, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oracle Ages and Seasons are canon, and Link's Awakening is its own little thing. Yeah. Yep, still a good game. I love that game. But that brings us... It is free. Yeah. That brings us to... The end of the podcast, guys. That's all the time we got. We appreciate you for watching live. If you have watched us live this far, thank you, Rylan, for talking in chat. We appreciate it. And those of you that are just listening after this releases, wherever you get your podcast, we appreciate that as well. It all helps no matter how you listen to it or watch it. But you can watch us live on Twitch and YouTube every week. Follow us and subscribe to us on there so you'll know when we go live. And you can... Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, TikTok. You can buy our merch at Redbubble if you want. You can always catch me on my personal YouTube, Twitch, or Kick in the description as always. And join our Discord so we can chat with you and you'll know if for some reason we don't have, have a podcast episode coming that week. You'll know why. Is that it? I believe so. Bye, guys. All right. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week.